So what would it be like to have Elon Musk on your marketing team? Would he help you innovate stuff or would he just break everything? Chances are we all have an Elon on our team or maybe you're the Elon on your team. If you can understand those people on your team with that mix of erratic brilliance, you can unlock great success. Today on The Savvy Marketer, we're going to be talking about ADHD. Odds are, whether you know it or not, someone with ADHD is probably on your marketing team or maybe leading your company. So how can you engage them to help you innovate in great ways without breaking things? Talk to my friend David, a savvy marketer who has ADHD and he's learned how to understand it, how it affects him both personally and professionally so that he can be more successful. But first, a marketing moment. Today's marketing moment is about building a strong team. In Jim Collins' classic leadership book, Good to Great, he talks about getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. And it starts with the right people. You already know when you have the wrong people on the seat on the bus. You'll begin to see problems cropping up all over that tie back. And the best thing to do is get people like that off your team. Help them find a role in another place where they can be more successful. Nothing personal. They're just on the wrong bus. But getting people in the right seats on that bus are important too. Some people on your team may be flailing because... Not because they're the wrong people, but because they're in the wrong seat. So for a marketing team, I think you actually need six different strengths on an effective team. Number one, you need people who can write. You can't have too many good writers on your team. Number two, you need people who are great at strategy. Number three, you need people who can design and make things look great. Number four, you need dev people who are good at building things online and making them work. Number five, you need good analysts. People who can look at the data, figure out what's broken, and help you find ways that you can improve. And don't forget, number six, you need people who can manage the work, who can get everyone working together and get the projects done successfully. Now, you or people on your team, you may be good at one of these things or two of these things, maybe even three of the things, but I have never in 20 years met somebody who's good at all six of these things. It's just, I don't think it's possible to be good at all six areas. So here are three steps to build an effective marketing team. Step number one, identify the wrong people and quickly get them off the bus. Step number two, assess the people who are left on the bus, figure out what their strengths are and help get them in the right seats. This may sometimes feel disruptive. You've already got a workflow and you need them to get other areas done. But even if it's disruptive, help get those people into the right seats as soon as possible. Finally, find the gaps or the weak points for those six areas that I listed. Figure out where you don't have the people that you need to fill certain areas and then find the help that you need. Look, not everybody's gonna know what their strengths are coming in and I think it's totally okay to experiment and help people find their way by trying different seats on the bus. But keeping people in the wrong seat on the bus for an extended period of time is going to burn them out and before long, they're gonna be looking to get off at the next stop. Put the right people in the right seats. And that is your marketing moment. Today's guest is a dear friend who I've known for 15 plus years. He and I are on different sides of the country, but whenever we get together, we have a great time. We have a lot in common. His name's David G. Johnson, and he's a business advisor and a podcaster. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Great to be here. So tell us a little bit about you, where you're located. Yeah, sure. I'm based in Sarasota, Florida, and uh, since 1998 have run a business that essentially advises companies of various sizes, mostly mostly entrepreneurs and smaller businesses, but a lot like you, Jeremy, um, helping people understand how to grow in the digital era, making yeah. use of digital tools and 
platforms and all that sort of good stuff. And I know uh, we first got connected. We were working with the same client in Sarasota and talking about digital stuff 15 years ago. And for some reason, I remember um, the way I was able to date this is that I remember that the very first iPhone was coming out that very day that we were in the conference room um, and talking about the that whole keep phone without a keyboard would never take off or what at least that was my oh, opinion yeah at the time. i think at the time i was probably using a windows phone which had the little slide out keyboard and and had been through a, a blackberry yeah and i think you you were using some of those predecessors to smartphones too yeah i had a i think my phone was a palm trio at the time oh wow so yeah. And and I think it's amazing that as two geeks this far in, we still maybe you're the last holdouts that have never had. You still don't have an iPhone, right? No. In fact, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm on the latest Google Pixel right now, Me too. and I only recently acquired my first Macintosh. You also co-host a podcast, so um, tell the viewers a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great. I made a discovery a few years ago that surprised me, and that was that I had ADHD, and. Um, the surprise wasn't necessarily that I had it so much as that it really existed. And so I, um, I uh, don't know how much we'll get into that, but uh, I, I immediately started to seek out uh, professional help in the form of a coach. And um, I stumbled across someone who turned out to be just a, a tremendous asset to my life in so many ways. And we got a few months into coaching and I was seeing really fantastic results. And I, I, I just, one day I said to her, I said, Dana, you need a podcast. And, and I'm like, you need to get what you're doing out to a lot more people. And she had other means of outreach at the time, but she'd also been considering a podcast. And so we agreed that day to sever our client coach relationship and to launch a joint venture, which eventually became the Kicksome ADHD show. And it is nice. uh, something we've been doing since 2020. About May 2020 is when we first launched with uh, our initial episodes. And we're still going strong. We're just about to launch season four. Fantastic. Congratulations yeah. on that. And um, I would actually love to talk more about ADHD today because I think that it's probably a thing that is in a on a lot more marketing teams out there than uh, people might realize. And I'm just really interested in your experience. So in a nutshell, what is uh, ADHD? Well, it's the worst named thing ever in the history of the universe. First of okay. all, there's no deficit of attention. <laughs> so I think most people have heard it called attention deficit disorder or mm -hmm. attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is where the age comes in. And, uh, you know, often diagnosed in children, we think about kids bouncing off the walls and all that sort of good stuff. Um, but it's, it's not a deficit of attention at all. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I would have resisted the idea that I had it. Because when I'm interested in something, you almost can't pry me away from it. Uh, I have a lot of attention. It's just how I invest it that's, that may be a little bit different. But uh, people who have ADHD are often known for impulsivity. They're often known to bounce from one thing to another. Um, the best definition I ever heard was from a, an MD, a doctor, a psychiatrist, who wrote a fantastic book called The ADHD Advantage. And his definition of it was low boredom threshold. Low, I got to think about that. Low boredom threshold. The, the threshold I, is low, so I get bored easily if I have ADHD. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of several things at once here. I, I, you, you might have me diagnosed by the end of the show today. I'm not sure. But, I am um, not a doctor. I can't diagnose yeah. you. <laughs> uh, 
Elon Musk. I'm thinking you, you mentioned the impulsivity, and I'm thinking about Elon Musk. He's constantly in the headlines these days. Um, Tesla, SpaceX, and now Twitter. He's brilliant, but he's pretty erratic too. And so, I mean, do you think does Elon Musk have ADHD? I'm going to say it's entirely possible. For, mm-hmm. I, we recognize the symptoms or the signs, yeah. I should say. And yes, he's erratic, um, but he's also incredibly talented at spotting opportunities. And yeah. that is one of the traits that I think we find often with entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to f- we tend to have ten business ideas before we get to the office in the morning, whereas yeah. uh, some people tend to execute really well, and other people tend to spot opportunities and start a lot of things. <laughs> and, yeah. and execution may or may not be their their strongest uh, uh, point. And so I think Elon does exhibit a lot of the signs. Um, and jury's still out on Twitter. I, 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 as a geek and as a science nerd, I got to tell you, I had chills when I saw the SpaceX uh, rockets come back and land successfully. Oh, man, yeah. And I don't know. You, you got to be a little bit. You got to be a little bit crazy, societally speaking, you yeah. know, to yeah. to even dream some of that stuff up. And so, right. yeah. But also, and then that to keep pushing with, to the point of pulling it off. You know, I mean, exactly. So I, I, I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, he serves as kind of a useful example. Yeah. So you mentioned for you um, that this made a big impact on your life as you were starting to figure this out and it was catching up with you in some ways. Um, because I want to ask more about that. But why should ADHD matter to business leaders, to our savvy marketers out there? Why should it matter to them? I think because we tend to gather in places that affect marketing. So whether we're, whether we're starting companies, people who have ADHD are something like three times more likely to start a business mm. or own a business. And that could have something to do with whether or not we're actually employable by normal people. Um, <laughs> but um, we tend to get frustrated and just say, you know, screw it, I'm going to go do something different. And then, and then we do. So it does matter because there are great advantages and it matters because we also have to have some guardrails in place, I think, when mm-hmm. people are driving the bus <laughs> at whatever level yeah. that um, might be inclined to just wonder a little bit, what's it like on the other side of that cliff? Yeah. <laughs> um, my wife has told me for years she thinks I might have ADHD and I do own a business um, and, and I definitely some of these things resonate. So what are some things that might indicate that a person has ADHD. Sure. I, I, and again, this is where the name can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the indicators are, are often that we've had multiple careers. If we're talking about adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that's what our podcast is focused. There were a lot of materials out there for people raising children with ADHD. There weren't a lot of materials or resources out there for people who actually have it. Um, one, of the, one of the oddball indicators that I, that I think is an easy one for people to identify with is that People who have ADHD, actually, because it's a chemical, it's a brain chemistry deal, we're heavily, heavily focused on trying to find sources of dopamine. So when we're, in, when we're hunting for dopamine, we do look for things that are interesting. So we can be heavily, heavily motivated by novelty. So, mm-hmm. hey, new shiny object syndrome is a classic. Yeah. Um, but another oddball one is the idea that we experience time differently. Okay. And we can see huge chunks of time go by while we're in hyper-focus mode, while we're pouring all that attention into something fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then the experience of the routine or mundane of life can be as though eons are passing every second. Mm. And um, but my, my 
ex-wife, we, we are no longer together, unfortunately, but she, she had diag- diagnosed me early on, which is, which is really sadly one of my regrets that I didn't pay a little bit more attention. Mm. She, could, she could never imagine why I could forget to eat lunch. And it was because I was so focused that I, it just it didn't occur to me that my body might be crying out for food. So um, You mentioned your ex-wife. I'm just interested, how has ADHD had an impact on your life? Well, yeah. Um, ADHD in and of itself probably isn't a problem, but undiagnosed and unmanaged ADHD up until the age of 44, when I started to really manage it, a number of things, uh, have happened as a consequence of, of unmanaged ADHD. Uh, not the least of which is that in my efforts to try to even, uh, to try to stay on track and to try to do things to show up as my best self in any relationship, whether it's a client relationship or parenting relationship with my child or domestic partnership with my wife, I might have the greatest of intentions, but my follow through was often affected by something new or shiny, or I could give you a very convincing reason why something else was critical or urgent. Mm. And I often neglected following up on, on things that matter. And, um, I had a very patient ex-wife and ultimately, um, we we got along pretty well. There were other there were other factors that entered the situation, but sure. there is no question, Jeremy, <laughs> that uh, that relationship would have been very different had I learned uh, sooner that I had ADHD and I had I learned to manage it. So I know that ADHD has impacted you in in, a, in professional ways too, both in positive and negative ways, probably. And so as professionals and leaders out there are working with ADHD, whether it's with their peers or their bosses or their reports, or maybe with themselves. Um, what are some challenges of ADHD in leadership on a marketing team? And what are some, what are some benefits and maybe some opportunities as well? Yeah, sure enough. Um, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about challenges. Uh, since you started with challenges, mm-hmm. challenges can be that someone who has ADHD, well, let's, let's put it this way. We tend to struggle with accountability. And part of it is just because we got interested in something else or maybe a deadline came along. And so if someone is not managing their ADHD well, then they're the sort of person that you probably have to ask multiple times, where's the XYZ deliverable thing that we we need? Or why is this taking so long? Or how have you missed another deadline? I mean, I used to joke that bumper sticker that I loved was the one that said, you know, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound they make as they fly by you know, because I was just notorious for missing deadlines and missing commitments that way. That That's definitely going to be one of the challenges. Other other challenges can be getting them to do things that are, that are not particularly interesting to them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's a matter of defining the role properly. You know, if you, I think as business people, we always want to find people's strengths and and deploy them as much as possible to their strengths. But what we have to do with people who have ADHD is we have to define their strengths a little bit differently. Often people who I know, especially entrepreneurs and business owners and marketing leaders and other business leaders who have ADHD are some of the most talented people you'll ever run across. I mean, you can almost throw anything at them and if they find it interesting, they'll, they'll execute well. Um, they'll pull it off, you know, I had clients that used to joke, we could throw you in any situation and you'll come out smelling like a rose. But if they threw me in the same I've situation too many times, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I said, I've seen that with you, David. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, then yeah. you've also seen the downside. If you throw the same thing at me too many times in a row, it'll just start to not happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a matter of, of, of identifying what we find interesting enough to hold our attention and, and to main, sustain effort 
uh, over a long haul. And so sometimes that does mean novelty, but, but that sort of parlays right into a conversation about strengths. If you are in a crisis, you want someone with ADHD around mm-hmm. because, man, we, we've been in enough of them in our lives, usually because we created them <laughs> at some level, <laughs> that we handled the crises really well. Also, I mean, adrenaline, motivation, I mean, neuro, neurotransmitters seem to suddenly become readily available when there's a real crisis. So yeah. that, is, uh, that is a strength. Another one is just simply we tend to be very divergent thinkers. And so people who have ADHD, one of the, one of the really positive traits, and this is one of the things we'll find, is that people who have ADHD will connect dots that other people just don't connect. And so we'll have ideas as a result. We'll, we'll, we'll join things together and, and, and create intersections of concepts that other people just will, you know, they'll, they'll say, I, I never would have thought of that in a million years. And to us, it's just like, I mean, it was the most obvious thing in the world. And yeah. so there is a bit of a superpower there when it comes to creativity and with marketing, especially And another, another item, I'm giving you a few here, but just to quickly rabbit trail down this one is that, um, the person on your team who has ADHD is probably going to be willing to try new things. We tend to tend to mm-hmm. be uh, have a, to have a high risk tolerance, yeah. and so we don't mind risking stuff to to try new things. And so, especially in marketing, if there's a new platform, or you know, if tomorrow somebody decides TikTok is no longer it, and there's some new thing that comes along. Throw somebody with ADHD at it. They'll get in there and figure it out and, yeah. and, uh, and decide how to game it to, to make your content to get a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> right at the start, you said that ADHD is sort of a misnomer, that there's no deficit of attention. And I, is that connected? You also shared something about the ability to focus for long periods of time. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about how that works? And, and is that also some sort of a superpower, if you will, that can be leveraged with, with ADHD? I think so. Um, it, it, it's, it can be risky. And, and, and so hyper-focus is something that we do. And so as long as something is motivating enough, we can sustain attention far longer. I've been on projects where I, I didn't sleep for a couple of days, where you just couldn't pull me out. And I'll, consequently, if I'm in that mode, bombs going to be going off around me. I have no idea that anything's happening. People yeah. can say things. We might miss them. But it is a superpower. The problem is that it drains us drastically. And so mm. if I spend a day in hyper focus, I might be a vegetable the next day. You might ask me any basic thing and it just there's nothing in the tank. Mm. So we have to have time to recover from from hyper focus. Yeah, so there so even in that there's there's benefits but it's not something that you probably want to encourage or leverage with someone on your team because there's going to be side effects to it as well. You know, as long as you're aware and prepared, I, again, when I was in my 20s, I could hyper-focus, you know, three, four days in, in a week and not mm-hmm. not notice it. I am not able to do that anymore. I don't, I'm not even sure I could sustain a full, you know, eight-hour workday right now. But if I did, I would need to take a day off or maybe two yeah. <laughs> to recover. All right. So we're about out of time. But as, as we're wrapping up, I'm just interested, David, about anything, any other insights that you can share for those savvy marketers out there that either they may know or suspect that they have ADHD um, or uh, they're on a team with, with someone like the, the we, I said the Elon Musk type. Um, what are some insights that you can share, um, just some key things that they can do um, to help make their teams more effective? Sure. 
So I read a book some years ago, uh, and it was by the doctor that I mentioned, Dale Archer, MD is his name, uh, who is a psychiatrist and did not realize that he had ADHD until he had made it all the way through med school. And he was writing a book on neurodivergent people and and, uh, Mm. did a chapter on ADHD. That's when his diagnosis came about. He realized he had ADHD. But he, he subsequently wrote a book called The ADHD Advantage. And there are a number of just fantastic insights in that book. And uh, there are many more on the Kicks of ADHD podcast. However, there was one idea that I took from that book that I found incredibly helpful. And that is, if you have someone on your team who has ADHD, and again, maybe that's you, someone who is uh, erratic or maybe has a low boredom threshold or whatever, making important decisions, yeah, then there will be... A, first of all, and this is not necessarily the tip from the book, but there's going to be a need for them to maybe start the thing, whatever it is. Maybe it's a marketing campaign. Maybe it's testing a new platform or whatever. But quickly, as soon as the the novelty of the thing is worn off, you want to try to hand it off to someone else to to run. Um, And so the ADHD can be a starter, may not be the best person to to finish or sustain Mm -hmm. over the long term. Um, but one thing that, that we find is that if you, if you have someone who has ADHD and they're, uh, they're, they're erratic or they're impulsive and you need them to keep their attention in one particular area or in, in, a, in a set of key areas or whatever, one technique that works really well is to give them permission. And, and I think in the, business, or in the book, there was a business owner who basically just took one day a week to, to be free with their ADHD such that they did, they weren't throwing like a brand new initiative or changing the course of the, or the direction of the company suddenly on a dime yeah. the other four days of the week. But on one day of the week, they would allow themselves to just indulge the ideation, the creativity, the what mm. if this or what if that and all of this sort of stuff and, and, and generally by themselves so that yeah. they weren't you know, disrupting everybody around them. <laughs> exactly. And scaring, yeah. you know, the people that might report to them who are thinking, yeah. oh man, we just, we just went through some new big change and now here they are cooking up another one. Um, because that can absolutely be de- detrimental to the motivation of a team to, to see your efforts wasted because suddenly we're, we're going a completely different direction. Sure. So giving, giving a, a, a percentage or a chunk or a, or some regularly scheduled period of time for that uh, creativity to just go wild. And then, let them sleep on the ideas and vet and then run them by the rest of the team. And, it, and you, you get amazing nuggets that way that you wouldn't get if you didn't turn them loose. Yeah. But you also kind of scratch an itch for yeah. that person. Uh, David, I had a blast catching up with you today. Uh, thank you for just your vulnerability to share some of these things uh, with the group and, and just the experiences that you've had. Um, it, how can people uh, find your podcast or contact you? Um, yeah, sure. I appreciate it. And Jeremy, likewise, I, it's always a joy. Every time I talk to you, I just uh, it's, it's, it's just a delight. And I'm thrilled to see what you're up to with this. And I look forward to future episodes. Um, but yes, I can be found the podcast, first of all, which is the most important thing, uh, especially since we're talking about ADHD today. Yep. It's called Kick Some ADHD. You can find it on any podcast player where you find any of your other podcasts. And just follow us on your favorite podcast player. Just open it up and search Kick Some ADHD. You'll find us there. And then in terms of me personally, I'll just throw out a personal domain. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. You and I have had this conversation, Jeremy, there's so many David Johnsons in the world that uh, I'm the one, you know, so I'm the David Johnson. 
You're the David Johnson. Not guy. the David Johnson, because there are many David Johnsons that I'm sure excel, excel me in, in many ways. But well, to me, I'm, you are the David Johnson. I'm the David Johnson you know. So yeah, yeah I'm, at, I'm the davidjohnson.com, and you can find me on Twitter at the David Johnson. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much. It's great to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you, Jeremy. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Savvy Marketer. If your wheels are turning like mine are after talking to David, I want to encourage you to like, comment, subscribe, and share this video with other savvy marketers out there who may be interested in checking out this content as well. Today's episode and all episodes are brought to you by Spire. We're a marketing agency. We're based in Ohio. Uh, We help you simplify your strategy, get it done, and make it hum. So thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time.